There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. Happy Wednesday, Tully Louise. Welcome to another episode of Curious Conversations. We are back. We are back. How are you feeling? Oh my God, I'm so much better, guys. So our last episode was the Bali edit. Talking about how I didn't feel very well. I got my results back and I don't have a parasite. Win. So I'm stoked. I was a little bit upset about it because I was feeling so bad even last week. (laughs) And I was like, I just want to feel better. So if I have a parasite, at least I can go on antibiotics to get rid of it. And then as soon as the doctor called me and said, you don't have a parasite, I felt better the next day. So I think it was kind of in my head by the end, but I actually did generally. I still felt shit at the end of the last week. Like I felt sick. You got on the CMOS gel. Well, I got on the CMOS gel, but I also started taking bone broth. So my gut was just, I think my gut maybe, I messaged one of my girlfriends who was an acupuncturist, Chinese medicine, Tara, and she was telling me all these things to do and stuff. And I think it might've been just my gut was still repairing from having two bugs. Ah. So I, but my digestion was so bad and I did still feel bad. But then on the weekend, I started feeling better. So I do feel better. Good. We love yeah. that. We love Energy a healthy telly. Energy levels are great. We love a healthy telly. How are you? I'm good. Nothing to report, really. Mm. Um, just been working. Yeah. The weather in Melbourne, it's going to be 20 tomorrow. Is it? Yeah. It's been blue skies. One of our girlfriends was overseas and she's coming back on the, this week. And I was like, the weather has actually been really good. Like if winter was like this every day, blue sky bit chilly but not bad. I'd be stoked. I heard on the radio this morning that they're about to announce El Nino again. No, I read something that we're not having it. It's supposed to be dry. Yeah, well, whatever no, the no, opposite no, no. is. It's the opposite. So it's actually… what El Nino, La Nina. Yeah. So no, it's, you're thinking it's El Nino. La Nina is the wet one. Yes, the El opposite Ni- one is So what dry. I said was right. Oh, but I thought you meant it was going to be wet. It's <laughs> actually going to be the opposite to what the wet. It's going to be a really dry summer and bushfire season. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Which… And bushfires are not good, but I'm kind of happy about the no rain thing. Yeah, I love that. We've yeah, wet summers. summers. Oh, awful. Anyway, today we recorded an episode with Nat. Nat is from Season Social. Yes. And that's a tongue tie. Isn't it? I, I really enjoyed this chat. We spoke about social media, what's trending, TikTok, Instagram. I think it's a really good conversation, not only if you're a business owner and your brand, but if you just want to understand psychology and mm. the selling to people human behavior Um, I think was really interesting we got a lot of value out of it we spoke about our business experience but where our social media experience and I think a good thing a lot of questions that people ask is how to grow on social media as a business and also understanding the two social media platforms that we consume every day well I know Sarah and I do TikTok and Instagram they're very different platforms and what kind of content to create for each platform Mm. was really informative um, really great episode and I think we might have to do a part two. Definitely. Yeah. So if you listen and you have any requests of what you would like Nat to talk about on part two, I'm going to do what she would do and please DM <laughs> us on Curious Conversations and let us know. And if you like this episode, give it five stars. And just a little shout out for us. Uh, this week we've got a cheeky little something dropping at Tully Lou. Well, Lim- maybe when this comes out it's already dropped. But That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you want to head to our website, check it out. Please do, tellulu.com. As always, we love you guys and thank you for your support. Love you. Bye. Nat from Seasoned Social, how are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be uh, in the Chem Warehouse HQ today. I know. know. Welcome, welcome. (laughs) We're excited to have you on. So I want to talk to you. Where do you think we should start? Let's do a little bit of a little bio dump Mm -hmm. about who you are. Yep. Oh, my God, I just said before about how I speak close to the microphone, what the hell am I doing? Because I got excited. But let's hear a little bit of a bio about who you are. Yep. So, I mean, to start from where I am now, I run Season Social, which is like a boutique social media marketing agency here in Melbourne. We work in fashion, beauty, and lifestyle. That's where we are now. 
Um, but I actually like totally random pathway to get here, I guess. Um, I grew up in the country. I'm from Daniloquin, which I'm sure most people have heard of at this point is the home of the Ute Muster. Yes. Um, I actually lived there a couple of years ago again. Oh, did you? Yeah. So I've been in and out, um, of Melbourne for the last, God, to calculate back that far now, but like over 10 years. Yeah. Um, moved back to Denny for a couple of years and then after COVID ended sort of came back. Um, but yeah, my story, I've never worked for an agency before. So my marketing journey is a bit of a windy one. It's more like a business interest journey, like an entrepreneurial interest journey, I guess. Um, but I studied psychology, actually thought I was going to be a clinical psychologist all through high school. Like I'm obsessed with like human behavior, all of that kind of theory and the science and, and that sort of stuff. Um, like I read that, so my mum also studied counselling and she had a psychology textbook and I read it like when I was 12. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it actually was my first year psychology textbook. So I was like. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that was cool. So that kind of piqued my interest there and I was like, this is amazing. So I'd like study everyone at school and be like, okay, so that's why that person's like really respected or the kingpin or that's why that person's struggling a bit, like stuff like that at school. Um, and then, yeah, finished school, went to, moved here to Melbourne, studied psychology, loved it. Yeah. At the end of it, I started working for homeless services. So like just bang, straight in the deep end. So I wanted to uh, save up and go traveling. So I was like, I'm going to work full-time, study Uh part-time. So I worked for an organization called Waze. They're in Dandenong. Um, Amazing organization. They do kind of everything from crisis housing, which is what I was working in, to, you know, women's support, domestic violence, everything. They do like temporary housing, all of that kind of stuff. Um, So I I originally wanted to work on the youth team. (laughs) For whatever reason, they decided I was better suited to the adult team. Mm. Uh, I was like, okay, I I literally look 10, but cool. (laughs) Um, So I started working on the crisis team there. So basically anyone who walks in the door with a bag going, I got nowhere to go. Oh, wow. We would do their initial assessments Mm. and like figure it out from there. So that was really full on. Um, but again, like a huge learning curve on human behavior and how do you negotiate with people? How do you get the best out of people? How do you take someone from a place of like pure panic and nothing's going to work to taking action? Like it's all marketing yeah. sort of thing. It all kind of comes in together. So that was that. Then I went traveling for a while, did a few other things um, and ended up working in tech startups. Mm -hmm. So I was with like a small um, brothers from Bendigo run this tech startup and they, um, it was in housing. So like rentals. Mm -hmm. um, And I was doing kind of a bit of marketing and a bit of like almost like user experience. So building out all of their email flows and stuff to make sure that people use the platform properly and um, but also like dealing with all the customers and like mm. everything is also small. Like you're kind of doing a bit of everything. And like what I learned there, I, so I worked really closely with the developer was like how you design, how people kind of process information actually. Mm-hmm. So how you have to design a platform experience that's totally new to someone, but will helpfully guide them through in order to get them to do the thing that you need to do. Oh so there God, was so many yeah. like interesting things that I learned about people. For example, people can only process one key piece of information in one go. So if you're like, great, we're going to send like an onboarding email and we're going to tell them 10 different things, they'll remember what one. Wow. <laughs> so you have to really like, and this comes back to marketing, like if you're going to deliver um, a podcast episode, mm-hmm. say, like um, having a key theme will make it more interesting to people because they can wrap their head around it and mm-hmm. like get on board with it kind of thing. Um, or if you're doing a campaign, it's like every piece of content has to kind of like inch people closer to the thing. You can't be like, here's everything, Mm. go do it. Like it just doesn't work like that. And that works across all human behaviours and decisions and all that kind of stuff. So did that for a little while, Um, actually got made redundant from there, but good terms, like no issues. Um, And then kept working for a couple of other startups um, and then moved back home. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started like a little tiny, teeny tiny e-com thing just to play around and I'd always wanted to do my own stuff. So I was doing like um, custom bridal jackets mm-hmm. when denim jackets oh, were big. Yeah, like, I'd do all the um, 
don't know, embellishments and their name and stuff on the back. And and that actually did, like, surprisingly well. But COVID ruined all that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there I started, like, a networking group that was around collaborative marketing because the bridal industry is really collaborative. And I was like, huh, this is really interesting. Like, in the wedding industry – like vendors grow by collaborating with other vendors mm-hmm. to do like yep. styled shoots. They do like cross promotion. They have like these big referral networks. And I was like, this is really not something you see in like other industries to like this degree. Yeah. I was like, this is really effective, first of all, because it's like if someone trusted refers, you know, says you should try this person, people will do it because yep. they trust you. So I started a little networking community around that. Um, and that was kind of my first foray into like service business, I guess, and like coaching and working with people and stuff like that. Um, and then I was using video a lot for that mm-hmm. because I was a YouTube girly back in the day. Yeah. Love YouTube, love vloggers, love all of that kind of stuff. Um, so I was using talking to camera video a lot and then people started asking me more about that. Mm-hmm. Than the, like, What the, year was this? Sorry. This was only like four years ago. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay, it was quite early on for video content. Yeah, it yeah. just hadn't become like the main thing that people did. Like yeah. obviously reels weren't here. Like, you know, big people like Gary Vee or whatever mm. were doing video, but your smaller businesses and stuff weren't. So mm-hmm. it was really uncommon to have like a fully edited video in like that snappy YouTube mm. style that mm. was like fast cuts and, you know, you'd have stuff on screen and like yeah. I probably wouldn't do it to that level now, but it was like it captured people's attention. So would just get a lot of um, interest in that Mm -hmm. from other businesses. So I thought I'm just going to move into social media marketing because that's really what I'm doing and what I love kind of doing and the collaborative element plays into that and then you've got influencers and then you've got this and you've got this and it all kind of comes in together. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of how season started. Originally it wasn't season. It was called Collab and Social, um, again, combining the idea of collaboration and social Mm -hmm. media. But I rebranded to season beginning of last year or the beginning of the year before? I can't remember now. Uh, it's all kind of blending to focus more on yeah. fashion, beauty and lifestyle and really rebranded in mm-hmm. that kind of like kind of cooler style mm-hmm. of branding really. What an amazing journey. you random. Come. No, I love, I love <laughs> listening to that. Thank yeah. you. It's like, and it's so interesting to hear your background and like the human behavior and stuff. You're so right. It's so helpful in what you're doing now. Yeah. And I, I want to dive deeper into that because for us, I think, Human behavior is so interesting. Yeah, I think it's the foundation of absolutely everything. everything. Every single thing on the planet yeah. is psychology. Yeah. If you can read a read a person and understand a person just from watching their actions and behaviors, yeah. it's a skill I'm trying to learn. I still haven't learned mm-hmm. it, yeah. but it will help you in every aspect of your life. Like yeah. you said, be, become a better leader. Get someone to do something that mm. you think they might not want to do. Mm-hmm. How can you understand people better? Yeah. So I, do you know, one of the things that also, obviously working in, you know, social work helps, but one of the other things was traveling. Yeah. Mm. So I went traveling by myself, um, more because I just couldn't be bothered waiting for anyone else. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, and that was immensely scary. So I was a little bit like social anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a loud, confident person, but also do like, did get a lot of social anxiety of meeting new people in new environments. It's uncomfortable. It's fucking uncomfortable. It's fine now, but, like, back in the day, like, I sat on that plane on the way to Turkey and I was like, what the fuck have I done? Mm. Like, I could not have been more terrified of the idea of walking into a hostel alone. I've never been to a hostel in my life. I don't know anyone Mm. there. They're going to be from God knows where. Like, how is this going to play out? Am I just going to sit there by myself, like, the whole time? I heard an interesting quote this morning. It was like, if you want an easy life, do something hard every day. Yes. And it does make it easier. It's not comfortable for the first time, but like weirdly you never think about it, you know, again, seven years later or however many years later or whatever. And the same, you know, we do a lot of interviews on the street now and that was immensely anxiety inducing Mm. to begin with. But now I literally couldn't give a crap. Like, Mm. because I think it's what happens is, um, and again, coming back to psychology, it's a conditioning you have an expectation before you've done it, you have an expectation that there's going to be a negative outcome. Yeah, yeah. 90% of the time there's a positive outcome. Yes, true. So it just keeps reinforcing that actually when I do this thing, there's a positive outcome and it stops being so like anxiety-inducing because yeah. you're like it's just not like you're not expecting something bad to happen no. anymore. Mm. And then when it does, you're like, oh, well. <laughs> but it doesn't. Like yeah. it really doesn't. So I think like travelling was another really good way of like A, 
understanding again that everyone's the same, like mm-hmm. doesn't matter where you are in the world, the same personality types, the same problems, the same, fears. you know, same so, fear, yeah. same way of processing information. It's all exactly the same and you can like, you know, relate to people on exactly the same levels mm. and and come at those same personality types in the same way. So yeah. I think throwing yourself in with more people that you don't know where you're out of your comfort zone is actually the way to get better yeah. at understanding people. Totally. Really. Yeah. yeah. And most of the things that you're worried about is in your head. Like oh, yeah. you're not, other person's not thinking that. Literally it's all not. the anxiety you're creating in your head. Yeah. So what kind of brands have you worked with um, for, to date? Yeah. So probably one of our main ongoing clients is Novo Shoes. So we do a lot of stuff mm-hmm. with them. Um, we've done some different things with like Pilgrim. So Lady Powers is another client of ours. They're a new Melbourne brand. Mm-hmm. Loving working with them. Um, we probably do more of our exciting stuff with smaller brands because oh, they want to take risks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, you know, we do some stuff with bigger brands like Novo and stuff. We do a lot of their video content. Um, we've done strategy with them, again, trying to bring things into the now a little bit and like how do we use more entertainment-based content and what kind of content do people want to see these days? I was yes. going to say that obviously Novo Shoes is a brand and they're selling a, pro- <clears throat> selling a product. Mm-hmm. What Are you driving content for entertainment? Does entertainment sell products? How does it all work? What's the… Yeah, it's a bloody great question. And I think like when people hear the word entertainment, they think entertainment is only entertainment. Mm. But when we think about social media… Um, we have to, like, I think one of the issues is that sometimes when you're a brand, you're coming at marketing from a brand perspective yeah. and you forget that on the other end of your marketing is a human being who came to social media for a reason mm-hmm. and it wasn't to be advertised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. It's just never going to serve the purpose that you want it to in that space because that's not what that space is being used for. So if you want to take it back to the psychology thing, you have to understand what a human's expectation is and if you're not delivering on that, then it's just not going to, like they're just going to sort of like sweep it to the side. For example, like, Instagram and TikTok are two very different platforms Mm -hmm. and when someone gets on there, they have an expectation about what they're going to see. So if you try and put Instagram content on TikTok, people will not engage with it the same as they will on Instagram because Mm. it's not what they expected to see. Yeah. So we have to come onto those platforms with content wrapped up in a way that is what that person is looking for and we place products inside it. Can I just ask a question for anyone that's listening? I think we've got a brand and we're very active on both programs. But if anyone is listening and they're uploading the same content on Instagram as what they would TikTok, how would you describe the TikTok platform compared to Instagram for video content? Because they're very different. They're so different. I think there's a couple of layers to it. First one is culturally, they're just super different. Um, Instagram, it just came up in that era of like aesthetic photos and it's a little bit more curated Mm. and it's a little bit still more about that aesthetic aspirational, I think is probably the right word for the content. It's like people go there to kind of like daydream about where they want to get to. True. People go to TikTok to feel like everyone's like them and actually they're not the only like Mm. person flailing around in the universe sort of thing. It's the place where people get to just forget about their, um, you know, facade for a minute and be super real. Mm -hmm. So anyone who's not doing that on TikTok, it's, you can do it if you want, but people just won't pay attention to it yeah. and they won't engage with it because it's not what they're there for. Yeah. They're like, we want to see the real side. A bit more authentic. Yeah. Say if you're a brand and the ultimate goal is to sell a product mm-hmm. on TikTok, how do you go about changing the story mm-hmm. of selling yeah. on TikTok? Yep. So this is the other side. So the algorithm for TikTok and the way that platform is set up is also totally different to Instagram, which is like, why brands should use them differently. So I think of TikTok as more of a discovery platform because it has like a real YouTube SEO element. It's oh, really like searchable. Google. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like if like how you use yeah. it searching it's, restaurants oh, in Changu. Yeah. I use right, TikTok yes. as my Google exactly. search, search engine. Yes. But I just don't think a lot of people know about that. That's right. So this is where I would actually tell brands to get in because uh, I think a lot of brands see the cultural side mm-hmm. and that's a little bit trickier because it's like are you willing to go as risky as it would take for your content to perform under like meme-style content? And a lot of brands aren't ready to do that. So 
Um, what I say is tap into the the SEO, like mm. the um, YouTubeable, the Googleable element. You know, what do people want to know about your product or what problem you're solving? Mm. So, sorry, like an SEO, if you're just say, okay, we sell Australia's best legging, yep. Tully Lou. Yeah. So, is that more of us putting videos up about find the best black legging, mm-hmm. black legging, squat yep. proof, black yes. legging? So, that's yes. how you would use TikTok compared to an Instagram if anyone's yep. listening. Yeah. Okay. And then people will often go from your TikTok to your Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. And Instagram is more of a nurturing platform because it's like you bring in an audience and you get to keep them. Mm-hmm. So then you get to keep talking to them. That's where they like really get to know you. Um, you know, they get to see your little updates on stories, which hasn't really taken off on TikTok. So that'll be interesting to see what they yeah, do with true. that. <clears throat> um, you know, they get to, you get to kind of play out a series on Instagram in a way that whilst you can do it on TikTok, the same people might not see it. Like, as it unfolds. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit more of a nurturing kind of platform. So they just have like different uses. Yeah. Mm. And I think the content that goes with them is therefore like a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If so, if a brand was coming to you, I could imagine one of the main questions or help they're wanting is how to grow on yeah. these platforms. Personally, for me, I, on on Instagram, I find it very hard to grow. Yes. It's my community that I've had for like 10 years and it's just there. Yeah. Grateful for them, love them. But I find TikTok, I get more followers Mm -hmm. daily at the moment than what I would on Instagram. Yeah. How do you grow, firstly, on Instagram as a brand? And then how do you grow on TikTok as a brand? Yeah. It's not just you. Instagram is just so established now. Yeah, it's hard. That they don't, it's a pay to play Mm -hmm. platform more than an organic platform. That and also they don't have that discovery algorithm the way that TikTok does. TikTok is, they both have pros and cons because TikTok, you don't really, like unless you're pumping out a huge amount of content for your audience every day, it's a lot hard to keep an audience and nurture them. Mm -hmm. You're just trying to hit new people. Yeah get them in your funnel and then send them somewhere else, basically. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the goal. Um, inst- growing on Instagram is not easy and it's probably going to take money, mm-hmm. um, but also partnerships I think is another way. So yep. tapping into other people's audiences. People are still growing on Instagram. So finding the people who, you know, creators and things like that and doing more partnerships or doing brand partnerships, that's probably the more creative way I think of doing it now yeah. um, mm. than trying to just gain organic reach because, like, there is a reality that it's not just you and just your content. Like, mm. there are other forces at play and it's just a really – it's like we're going to, like, real quick finance, like, analogy. It's like saying crypto versus, like, the stock market. Mm-hmm. You're not going to – your investments won't grow as crazy on the stock market because it's so saturated and mm, overwhelmed yeah. it's a lot slower and steadier sorry I just spat everywhere <laughs> um but crypto is like wild like anything can happen Volatile. like you can get a rush mm. like all sorts of stuff mm. can happen so it's the same kind of yeah, thing okay mm. yeah so that's how I see those differently in, in terms of growth like this is why I kind of think it helps when you know that Instagram is a is a nurturing platform yeah. anyway you're not really trying to grow like crazy you're trying to find your core audience and bring them to your instagram and keep them there and not lose them yeah yeah, and keep keep sort of entertaining them and engaging them how do you nurture them because even me how i consume instagram and us having a brand i don't really uh, see break it break it down for me what do you consume and like what let's find an account that you like to follow and what you like about it on instagram on instagram like who? What kind of content are you normally looking at? Have you got people that you normally? Oh, I just watch my, I just watch my friends' stories. Right. That's, so I would. That's another good point. Yeah. Because stories is the biggest engagement space on Instagram that I don't think brands realize. Yeah. yeah. That's where every single person is hanging out. And I was listening to something else recently, and I think the most engaged is actually people sending and messaging in DMs in Instagram. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's like if you can get something that's sendable to people to, that yeah. they talk about in their DMs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like the power, where the power is at the moment. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and it's still it's that engagement and mm. like you know you're trying to become like the, the place. amount of times we send things to one another. Mm. Yeah, I've got friends that only use Instagram for messaging, and it fucking pisses me off. I'm <laughs> like, can you just text me? Yeah, and they're like, oh no, I don't text. I just message yeah. on Instagram. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, drives me insane. But I agree. I think probably when I think now of how I consume Instagram, yeah. 
I probably look to see what my friends are doing yeah. and what's happening. So I can still understand why brands still do activations. Like I always be like, I get invited to these activations. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm really going again. But now I'm like, now we're talking. I'm like, oh, I understand why they still do activations because people want to know yep. what other people are doing. Mm, right. And then that's obviously going to get a brand in front of your eyes and yep. stuff like that. So I understand that. But then I also have this other side of how I consume Instagram is I've got selected creators that I love their real content mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I find that inspiring for me because yeah. I'm a creative person and then I get inspiration as a creator and I'm like, oh, I might create a video like that. Or, yeah. So I write down little um, – so what kind of like reels and stuff do you like watching? I like like more like the health and wellness. Um, I've got this one girl, like Morgan Riddle, one mm. of our friends. I love her content, um, her story content. She's always Because it posting. disconnects you? No, because I always find something inspiring, inspiring about it and yeah. she gives me tips. Like she does mindful tips, um, mm. her energy giver lists and all those kind of things. Mm. I find that valuable yes so people that give me value in that way like health fitness beauty I love beauty stuff fashion probably not so much because I've got a unique fashion style yeah you feel like you got that sort of yeah unless it's someone that I'm like oh you're so fucking cool Peggy Goo I think her fashion is awesome so I find her inspiring but I do probably use it mostly to look at what my friends are doing yeah as a brand how many times should you be posting stills on Instagram stories? This is the but, most common question. Yeah, okay. Is it? As I just did a podcast episode on this because it's literally the question oh, I get asked all the time. And I'm going to tell you the exact analogy that I used on that because it's the question that I fucking hate. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. So I like kind of compare it to um, you like fishing and you're I, – I'm a – pro fisherman and you're like how many times do I need to cast my rod before I'm going to catch a fish mm-hmm. and to me it's like well that's the wrong question to ask because the question you want to know is like what kind of bait should I be using and where should I be fishing to actually catch the fish that I want uh-huh, uh-huh. those are the most important questions if you're not doing those things so you're not creating the type of content that's going to reel in your audience mm-hmm. it's going to do what you want it to do it doesn't matter how many times you post if you post 25 stills of a product a week, it's not going to get you a result. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing two high-quality reels that are so strategically planned out based on exactly what your audience want to see in this realm, it will get you the result. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we just, the quantity is almost irrelevant. I would say just do as many as you can that still meet that criteria. So if it's four, if it's two, blah, blah, blah. But getting on stories every day is going to get you a better result than posting seven times a week. So basically you're just saying understand your audience, understand what content is doing well and what's not doing well. Understand the problem you're solving. Yes. And I think it's it's not even – it's more that than Mm. it is – so more problem solving than worrying about what's doing well. So – um, here's an example. We have a style TikTok called Season of Style and it's it's not about the business. It's about style. Um, two days ago now, we posted a the video. The cotton on video. We posted the cotton on jeans video. I you. Did you? Yeah. Yes. It's and a great it, video. And it was about the best jeans for your shape and why we did that video concept, and it's got like 1.4 million views. We literally doubled our followers overnight with that video is because it fills a gap in what people want to see mm-hmm. that doesn't exist yet. I was like, I was looking for this. I was like, nobody ever compares body shapes and yet everyone is constantly asking, like requesting this video of like, can you do jeans for big bum, small waist? Mm-hmm. Can you do this for this shape? I'm like, everyone wants this content, but nobody's like doing it in this specific way. So mm-hmm. when you provide something that people want that doesn't isn't already done to death, mm-hmm. um, that's going to hit. But if you're just looking, if you're like trailing behind trying to figure out what's already done well, it's like kind of been and gone a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So for us, it's interesting. I'm going look thinking of, of our TikTok and yeah. we're going to start doing it again this Friday. And you mentioned it before. Our interview series on our leggings on the Tully Lou does quite well. Yeah. We do get a little bit trolled on as well. Because Always. That's just TikTok. I know. Nature. It's fucked. Did you read the comments on our video? No, I didn't. I like, oh I just, God. I think TikTok is most horrible platform for trolls and you just have to disconnect. Yeah. Um, But now that you're saying that and we do have it planned for Friday, it's like we now are understanding. Like I could do a created, a a beautiful artistic video or something and it gets 15 views. I'm like, fuck's sake, it took me ages to edit that. 
But then something so raw and hearing what people want and hearing about our products yeah. is so yeah. it's just understanding what content does well. Yeah. And and talking again about the Instagram versus TikTok thing, like um TikTok is like you can't be scripted. No, at you can't. All. Like if you even sound like you're putting a voice on, like you're kind of mm. like producery voice, like people will just scroll yeah. off. Like mm. Just it, I sort of say like think about it like you're Snapchatting a friend. Mm-hmm. I haven't personally used Snapchat in like seven years, but like imagine you're just sending a Snapchat to one person explaining how these leggings work. Mm-hmm. That's what your TikTok should be. Yeah, be like these are the best fucking leggings ever. Look at this. Like when I turn around and squat, like you can't see my mm-hmm. G string hanging out. Like stuff like that is so raw and it feels really like risky for a lot of brands, but it is what people will connect with yeah. more. I think also like. This is a great conversation because we do have a brand, so yeah. it's good because we yeah. can reference things. Yeah. I think also from us, it there was a point there where we were creating content and then it was like, fuck, Sarah, I don't want to always be in front of the camera yeah. all the time because yeah. we're trying to take the step back. But now we're like, shit, we actually have to be in front of the camera because actually us as behind the scenes of the business is like telling a story and people actually like that. So yeah. I think in social media and your strategy for us – it's often like you often take a step back and then you're like, oh, no, shit, actually that works. You've got to take a step forward. But what I've struggled with for such a long time is when I created the brand, I was the face of the brand and all that stuff, and I was like, fuck, I really need to take a step back. And then we did. I did for a while, and now we're like, no, shit, I actually – we both actually have to be in front of the camera – I find it exhausting, but it, it's it's worse. Yeah, and I think, like, there are going to be a lot of brands in your position and a lot of them aren't going to be in front of the camera, and I think there's ways around it. Like, yep. even with the style TikTok, I'm not usually on it. Okay. Like, I'm actually not usually in those at all. I use Alex, my best friend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't have to be the person in them, but somebody has to be yeah. in them, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it still has to feed into exactly the same criteria kind of thing of, like, being real, being based on a topic that people want to hear about. Like, and you can do behind the scenes content without your face being in it. Like, yeah, true. you can do filming without your face mm. in it. Yeah. Um, like TikTok, for example, text on screen is huge. Like, for whatever reason, mm. people are really happy to read mm. a whole paragraph of text on a screen um, than they are to listen to you for 60 seconds. So that's kind of like another way of getting around yeah. things. Like you can show something that's not you um, and and explain it with text on screen mm. as a way of getting around it kind yeah. of thing. There are ways around it. Um, but people will always, you know, like anything, they always want to know like what's the reason behind this? Mm-mm. You know, you guys are doing active wear. It's, it's an incredibly saturated market. Yeah. So you need – people to understand why you're different. And yep. sometimes that's not about the product. Sometimes it's about you. I yeah. know. And that's what we're starting to learn now mm. because we're actually one of the OG active wear yeah. brands. We're like 11 years old. Yeah. It's like So we launched before PE, Jagged, all yeah. those brands. And we're like, shit, we actually need to – like our product is amazing and mm. we need to focus on that. But there's also us and we've been told so many times they're like – you guys are the brand. Yeah. And we're like, oh, like we're yeah. just like, yeah, but what if we want to sell a business one day? Like or yeah. all these things you have to think about For as sure. business owners that people forget about. And yeah. it's like, okay, we really need to own that and just ride it because that's what's working on yeah. social media. But it's it's actually hard. Like it's I find it difficult now because it's like we're doing so many other things. I'm like, oh, fuck, it's just another thing. Literally. But I'm like, if it's going to make money, I'm going to do it. Yeah, you, it's going to sell that long term. I'm going to do it. But it's, yeah. Sale price. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Chemist Warehouse Picks of the Week. We are back for another little segment. And this week it's my pick. And I'm excited about this one, Tal. Okay, so this week we have the Gluco Beans. You all would be very aware of these. I had them growing up as a child. One of my favorite things to do was go to the pharmacy and purchase jelly beans from the counter. It wasn't a visit to the pharmacy without getting a packet of jelly beans. Mom. I know. And I have been not feeling 100%. We all know I've been on that gastro bandwagon. And one of the things that helped me get through feeling not faint and get my sugar levels up were actually the gluco beans. And who brought you them? My mom. Oh, see? Comfort. Yeah. So you can get these. These are exclusive at Chemist Warehouse. They're Chemist Warehouse's brand. You can get the black licorice, which is my favorite. You can get a packet of the red or you can get the assorted and they're available from the counter at Chemist Warehouse. At checkout. Grab them at checkout and what? Your favorite's black. Yes, love licorice. Oh my God. No, red all the way. Do you think consumers are getting smarter and they know they know with 
especially influencers and brands when they're being sold to. Yeah. I think the influencer thing is like, and I've done a lot of podcast episodes on it and people lap them up because it's just the most like misconceptions or I don't understand it or I don't know how it works kind of thing. And I think um, when you're working with influencers, it's got to be a genuine partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Or that person has to be so good at creating entertaining content that they can make up a story that makes it relevant and Mm. makes it fun and whatever. Like sometimes a random partnership can work if that creator is such a like, you know, comedic genius or something that they can whip up a story and make it funny. I don't think people mind being sold to. Mm. I think they, they hate shitty sales tactics and like oh, this is a script. I can literally, like, see you reading yeah. it. Yeah. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I just I think they want you to acknowledge that it's sponsored, um, but why you're doing it yeah. is more important. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I think I there's a, there's a few influences I can think of that I think are very creatively clever at creating content. For example, I really enjoy watching Martha Kay do content. Yeah. Her, pillar is beauty and I think she does content so smartly like I'll watch something and I'm like oh that's and I'm like oh that's paid I'm like that was really smart like I maybe because I'm in the content space I'm like I can you're kind of like looking yeah because I watch her content I'm like oh that was good or for example another example chemist warehouse do a lot of um chemist warehouse shopping halls I love watching them and some of them are sponsored yeah and there's a lot that aren't but I just find that content kind of entertaining. I always want to know what people buy, like grocery stores. Yeah. And I I do these little hauls all the time just in my car and I'm like, and people go, like it's just your friends, but they're just like, oh, my God, like that lip liner is amazing. Oh, my God, I got this other one. It's so great. And I think there's really smart ways that content creators, influencers or whatever can do content that doesn't look paid. But I do think. I think not trying to hide it is actually the better thing to do because I think if you're trying to deceive someone Mm. and they figure it out, they're in a negative trust they're in like a negative headspace with Mm, you yeah like say if it was the chemist warehouse hall to be like um this is sponsored but I literally shop at chemist warehouse all the times and these are genuinely my favorite products yeah I even know where they are in this store like you know kind of like being like I acknowledge this is paid Mm. however it's a genuine relationship and something I would tell you about anyway is the better way of doing it than trying to be like as sneaky as you can. Yes. Yeah. I think I, – I tell me your opinion. And yeah. Sorry, you can tell me too. But I think as an influencer and a content creator, because I get paid to do um, content and influencing, yeah. I find beauty the, an easy thing to work with because it's generally products that, like, I would try. Yeah. You can test them out dupes like all these things. And that's why I find beauty content entertaining. Yeah. I find fashion – if I got booked for a fashion job, I find fashion really hard. Unless it was like try on haul of yeah. like five or six items. Yeah. But if it was like two pieces and it was like a still image, if I'm yeah. getting paid for a still image, I find it so hard. And that's the thing where like one of the things that I tell brands and, you know, when we're doing strategy strategy and stuff is to work with the creator yeah. to come up with concepts based on their audience. Yes. Because it always comes back to the audience. Yeah. Like if you – like my thing is like, do not fucking give people a script. Mm-hmm. Don't give them a script. Because they do. They give you briefs and they'll have like suggested scripts. But it's like you're just going to sit there and try and <laughs> shove all of those words into 30 seconds yeah. and sound like a politician. So like it's awful. Like us. Like us. So we had we had an um, ad sponsorship for this Mexican restaurant that we're doing for Acast who um, are our host of our um, podcast yeah and they gave us this feedback like our first edit was amazing yeah really? like come down get yeah. a margi like whatever it was so us yeah. and like so, it's great for our audience and then they sent us feedback oh, and then no. we did like 50 takes and i'm and like sarah was... we need to stop thinking about yeah. the feedback they gave us and just do it how we did it yeah like say the words right and they call a margarita a reader i'm like let's just focus on that but let's move away from the notes they gave us because yeah. now we're, we're thinking too much about it. And it, oh, <laughs> my friend just got going. <laughs> and it sounded, it sounded ridiculous, yeah. but it's so true. Because yeah. you start listening to the way you're saying words and then you're like mm, up and down and oh my God, awful. like it's just horrible. Yeah. Yes. So my thing and, you know, we also do paid partnerships on our style TikTok yeah. and I've pushed back many times to be like, that's not the concept we would do for our oh, audience and it won't perform very yeah. well. And we've done like 
you know, there was a time where I was like, I'm going to split test this. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, we'll do your brief. I'm telling, like, I'm sort of recommending that you don't do it for all of these reasons why it won't work. Um, like, you know, you're sending me inspiration from someone with millions of followers. So anything they do is going to get of over 50,000 views. Yeah. But this is actually one of their lowest performing videos. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we spend all day looking at this stuff. I know what's going to work. So I said, we'll do this, but then we want to do, we're going to do like a multi thing. Um, and then we want to do ours. And it got four times the yeah, engagement wow. like easily because yeah. it's like, you know, if you're not creating for the audience, it's just like not going to hit. And if yeah. it's not in the formats that people want to see or, you know, that are naturally engaging and blah, 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 it's not going to work. So removing this need to brand the shit out of everything and, and be like, make sure they talk about this. It comes back to that concept of like one key point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One key point for one piece of content and let that creator decide what it is for them. Yeah. Mm. Like be like, you try this out, see what you think um, and let's talk about it. And then you'd be like, oh, this lip gloss, um, you know, it stays on for like 75 hours. Mm. That's your one thing. Mm. Like if, another example is Model Co. at the moment, all their campaigns of dupes. Mm. Yeah. So that's like a good example. It's like, okay, just and talk about the dupes. It. Yeah. They're owning For sure. It. They're like, yeah. we are the more affordable version. Yeah. It's always been like, they're so clever. It's so like clever. they just like exploded themselves onto the scene based on the same thing. Yeah. They understand what an audience wants to see. Mm-hmm. They know who they are. They're not trying to be anything else but a low-cost, affordable, but Jupy. still good, dupey kind of yeah. like, you know, we know what products are trending, we create more affordable versions. It's, mm-hmm. it's actually a really good example of a business that knows their audience yeah. Yeah. and has, is nurturing yeah. that. Um, so I want to talk about, we're just talking about off-air, about marketing and stuff like that. If a brand came to you and be like, hey, I want you to create a marketing plan on Novo shoes or mm-hmm. shoes or something, what do you think is trending in the marketing space at the moment? Um, threads. No, I'm no one's. Yes, <laughs> I I want to know. Like I did a poll the other day. Yeah. Did like who went back to threads after day three, kind of thing. And did it was, you? Oh, briefly, I didn't even download <laughs> well, you could, it. You can't delete it. And yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's I so didn't sneaky. even. So I'll just tell you a story quickly. Hard I segue. we were in Bali, and everyone was like got to download everyone's like you were like download threads for Tally Lou I'm like fuck fuck I was getting FOMO yeah and my password wouldn't work on my (laughs) iTunes and I was like see my password's not working and I universal sign I'm going to say deep down I was getting FOMO because someone was like it's the new TikTok if you don't jump on quickly you're going to get no like it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because this is a really common like you know um, exactly like adoption curve like it goes woof like straight up and dies and then we see whether it does die yeah. off or whether it kind of like actually it's really useful mm. like be real fill a gap and, yeah oh my god yeah be real be real was, be real was like vroom and everyone's yeah. like you're gonna be real yeah. and then it just died there like, was nowhere for that platform to go no like that was always gonna get old yeah so either they like totally transformed it or it was just gonna be like a flash in the pan oh, but it was a silly platform <laughs> sorry i, I interrupted what the original question was a marketing what what's oh, trending yeah, what what's would trending? you focus on yeah um, so I think like obviously with TikTok and things like, it, like it's so annoying to just keep saying it over and over again, but like real content mm. is what's performing and thinking about your audience. So it's going to look different for every single brand, mm-hmm. like and every single brand within a niche and every single industry is so different. But where I start, so we do um, VIP strategy sessions, which is like a full one day with me and we build out like a strategy mm-hmm. or we look at one platform or whatever it is and we just spend eight hours on it. Um, and where we always start is with the audience because a lot of brands aren't clear on who their actual audience is. How do you mm. understand your audience? It's a good question. So what I've done in the past is I'm like, bring up all of your orders. I want to look at all of your orders. Oh, wow. Where are they? Mm. A lot of people are like, yeah, my, you know, all of my orders are coming from my Instagram. Are they? Let's find out. Let's go and look at their names and we'll look them up. Are yep. they following you? Most of the time you'll find that they aren't. Like, mm. so we want to figure out where people are coming from and then who those people are. Um, so that's one thing that I've done in the past a couple of times to be like, where is your audience? So this is going to tell us something like, are mm. they regional? Are they all in Melbourne? Like, what is going on here? Mm. Um, and then asking them. So I spend so much time interacting with people on my socials, like for business and stuff like that, to find out what they want. Mm-hmm. There's no point me being like, I would love to do this if nobody else wants it. Yeah. So I do loads of like questions and they have to be genuine. Like I think if you're like, tell us if you would like, you know, 
blue or pink or this or that. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's not genuine enough. So this is the like this is where things are going. It has to be really genuine. It's like okay, we're going to um, do our next collection. Um, Sarah thinks we should do a pastel palette. Mm-hmm. Um, Tully's like, no, I want to do like aggressive prints or something. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Um, we want to know like who you agree with. Mm-hmm. So it's like something that people would genuinely want to give opinions on and will have a real opinion on um, is kind of one way of finding out. I constantly ask for feedback on the podcast. DM me. Let me know what you think. Do you prefer solo episodes? Do you prefer guest episodes? Do you want to hear life stories? Do you just want to hear marketing tactics? Like tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. And you have to ask like thousands of times mm. over and over again and then reward people when they do interact. Mm. So I'll always share DMs. I'll be like, can I share this? Like anonymously or whatever. Um, and then that prompts other people to be like, oh, yeah. actually you get rewarded. Like if you, mm. you know, I get a little moment of fame or at least I know that someone's actually reading this. it, yeah. Yeah. And then you kind of like tie it all together by being like, you guys voted for this. This is what you're after. Mm. Like we're going to start releasing bits and pieces and um, and this is your content plan. Do you know what I mean? It's like conversation essentially playing out in pieces of, con- in pieces yeah. of content. Like, you know, what are the questions people are asking you? If you get the same question over and over again, that should be content that you do like monthly on mm. that one topic, mm. like sizing, mm-hmm. fit, uh, like high-waisted versus mm-hmm. not, whatever it is that people are asking you about the active wear, like do millions of pieces of content mm. on it everywhere. Like that's really what your strategy is going to come down to is like fulfilling. They're giving you all the information. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. like the information's there. So it's like when, you know, we all get to this where you're like I don't know what to post about, go back to your emails, go back to like all your DMs, go back to your comments, like ask people, be like, you know, where are those questions and where are those bits of information that are missing mm-hmm. that people really want to know about? And you can research also like what is performing really well on like TikTok and stuff like that to be like, okay, when it comes to like um, leggings, this topic seems to perform the best. So it's obviously the question that people have that they're like. In the SEO or whatever. Yeah, yeah like yeah, that yeah. they're constantly grappling with and, you know, you can see the brands in different industries who are doing that kind of like really engaging kind of personal content just take off Mm -hmm. by comparison to the ones who are like we're scared to like get out and do something a bit risky or a bit personal or whatever Mm -hmm. and they just sort of get stuck in their professional injury. (laughs) What brand do you think is using social media well? Mm. Um, I mean there's loads. One brand that's definitely making a real effort recently that I've noticed is Beginning Boutique. Okay. They, you know, are trying to separate themselves a little bit from the pack. Um, so, like, like, moving away from, like, the Princess Polly kind of yeah, vibe. Yeah, they're, they're, they're TikTok and stuff. <laughs> like, they're doing really raw um, – they're doing their fit sessions with their oh, models. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And, like, it's raw as. Actually, I have seen that. Yeah. yeah. So – It took them a minute though because their first couple of videos where they were trying to do this BTS was a bit scripted Mm -hmm. and it didn't go down very well. Yeah. (laughs) But they've kind of gotten over that, you know. Like I think they've just gotten comfortable and now it's like it's literally their boardroom meetings. Like it'll be like CEO, designers, blah, 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 and they're just like talking. talking. So BTS style. Yeah, Yeah. like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So they're separating themselves that way. What brand do you think is doing really well on social media? I like hearing this because I like looking them up. And it depends what you're interested in. Yeah. I I brought one to you this morning. I said um, Kourtney Kardashian's Lemmy. Oh, yeah. I haven't See, actually I been haven't. following along. No. Yes. What's she doing that you like? You showed me the TikTok. Yeah. I mean the Instagram. I haven't seen the TikTok. Um, I I like the design, but on TikTok they were doing some quite educational videos of why they put certain ingredients yeah. in what and customer reviews as well. They Which were, is good for they TikTok. Were, they were um, stitching that. and like, I was Oh, like, like so people had made yeah, videos. Yeah, oh, that's and cool. they were stitching all the reviews. Yeah. I was like, that's cool. Like, yeah. They get Kourtney Kardashian sitting there on a stitch with them mm. on TikTok. Yeah. And they that's would, pretty cool. Exactly. There's that reward exactly. thing that then like makes Maybe other people I might do, do if I do a, um, a review that she might stitch mine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's I think they're doing it really effective. well. So I yeah. think brands like that, again, I'm going to go back to this. I think brands like that that are educational, like you can educate supplements and beauty and stuff, I find so much easier yeah. to create content over fashion. But it's just like, Maybe because you have such your own sense of fashion that you don't mm. like. It's like the master trying to be the teacher sometimes yeah. doesn't work mm-hmm. because you're you don't have those questions because it's coming naturally to you. Yeah, it's True. like our mentor always says, 
tell people how to style. Yeah. Yeah. I I find it really, really hard to educate people. Not about our, like, I can educate people that are squat proof, whatever. But but how to style it. Or or like, yeah, how, like what, I'm like, how do you educate when we've only got 11 pieces in the collection or whatever it is. But that's kind of the thing, like capsule collections Mm. is a trend. Yeah. Mm. So it's like. Your active wear can be part of your capsule collection. Here's how I would style mine. Mm, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like tapping into things that people are already interested mm. in around your products. And, I mean, you know, you're potentially someone's Peggy. Like yeah. they're like, she's got a cool sense of style. Mm-hmm. It's unusual. We're not seeing this anywhere else. True. So, like, use it. Own yeah, it. Be true. like, you know, I love, like, chunky gold jewellery. Mm. This is how I wear it with active wear. Like, mm. might be something you wouldn't expect, but this is how you can do it. Or yeah, like, can pull it off. Yeah, and then if they take away that, like, they might just enjoy watching it. They might not know, like, they might not even style an mm. outfit together. But that's so true. I've never thought of it like yeah. that. So one of the things a lot of fashion <clears throat> brands find is that when they do do styling content, people will just want to buy the whole thing. Yeah, they just and we've seen this with Novo. So obviously they're just shoes. Mm. So we have to style the whole outfit um, based on you know who their audience is, and everyone is like wanting to know what the outfit is because oh, they're wow. like, I don't understand what to, How put, to put with the, these shoes. Oh, yeah, right. That looks good. I'll have that. Do you know huh. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's like if you're placing your own products in that situation, they're going to be like, well, now I understand how to wear it, mm. so I'm going to buy it. Yeah. Do you know another brand that I think does really well on TikTok and I – buy their product and I love watching their content is Gem Toothpaste. Yes. yes. Only because so they've true. got they've got Georgia who's the CEO yes. and she's like fucking cool. And then they've got Lily who's a social media manager. But they do really creative content and they do behind the scenes stuff with Georgia. Yeah. I actually love watching their I content. I saw they're on a social media hunt for someone in London. They are. Yeah. So oh, I just like fun. and they do great activations yeah. and like stuff Everything's like that. Everything's an experience. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like come with us while we do this Exactly. Crazy and they're thing. always like you know if you come to Woolworths and grab a we've got $500 cash and stuff. And I yeah. I think they do content quite well. Like toothpaste would be hard. Mm. But so they've hard. done it in a really cool, authentic way. Yeah. I think that brand does really well. Yeah. And uh, they've built their own little mini culture yeah, around they, it. Yeah, they got yeah. a little community. Yes. Like they just did a green cup smoothie collaboration. Yeah. So I just think they're like – and they've also hit that, I think maybe because Lily is like younger, but they've hit that like Gen Z kind of yeah. TikTok yeah. tribe. Yeah. Which I find very hard probably because we're a little bit older, but it's hard to yeah. nail that. But it's like, again, it just comes back to your audience and what mm. do they want from you? Because exactly. when you do start creating that, if when you forget about all those trends, just like I think people get caught up in like, oh, this is what's yeah. trending, I need to do this. And it's like if it's not delivering what you need to do for your audience and what they want from you, like it's just a waste of time. True. <laughs> we don't do any trends because I think they're really hard to keep up with and you have to be a really specific type of person to do them well mm. and you have to be willing to take big risks because in order for your version of a trend to be the most interesting to actually hit the feed, it's going to have to be pretty out there, which mm. is what Gem do really well. Yeah. They're willing to take big risks um, and potentially cop, who knows, yeah. like it could flop like and they'll probably just post about it. Mm. But that's their brand is to be like kind of crazy and out there and therefore toothpaste stops being about toothpaste and starts being about identity, mm. which is another key thing that we haven't even talked about is brand identity. all products are identity yep. pieces. They're just badges that yep. we wear or use or whatever. How mm. would you, if anyone's listening, is like, oh, my God, I don't know what my brand mm. identity is or yep. how would you – work that out like how would they get to the bottom of that how do they bring that out into the world most people's brands are based on them if it's your brand and your product it's usually based around you because it's like a problem or something that was missing or you know you wanted something like this or it's based on your style Mm -hmm. so it's like start with yourself be like why did I even create this in the first place like who am I Mm. and then you know, probably people in your circle are similar. Mm-hmm. So it's like branching out that way is usually the way. If you've come like a bigger corporate-based brand, like, a you know, your chemist warehouse will have done all of this market research to kind of like figure out where they're yep. going to fit. And it's the same thing. Like you're just going one way or the other. You mm-hmm. either start with one or you're creating one, but it's all based on, you know, researching what the problem is essentially or the gap or the space and the type of person that, wants this Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. but it's you know and it does have to go a little further so in our for example VIP strategy questionnaire we do um who's your target audience and you get your 20 to 29 female Mm -hmm. 
And you're like, that's not a person. Like that's a very large group of millions of people. Yeah. But we want to get deeper than that. Like mm-hmm. if you think about your friends group, like there's so many different personas in there. Yeah. And everyone has like a different like kind of like, but there are people like those people that are sort of sitting in it. Like yeah. maybe they're like a little bit more luxe designer vibes. They love things that are really clean and minimalist. Um, you know, they're a real brunch gal. Like whatever it is that they mm. do day to day to kind of create their identity, that's what your title yeah. like is. Our ta- like our brand identity is like a female moving with purpose. Like mm-hmm. she's. But what does that mean? We've got a whole paragraph of yeah. what it means. Yeah. It's exactly how Who we, we are. live our yeah. yeah. So exactly yeah. what you see. Yeah. Your brand's often associated with you. And mm. it's like they they get up in the morning, they work out, they it's either Mindfulness. a mum that, that goes to school yeah. or something. But they're, they're always on the move. They want to better themselves. Yeah. So they're always like listening to podcasts mm, or doing educating. things like yeah. that. Reading. They're, they're a growth mindset. Yeah. yeah. So we call her, she's like moving with purpose. Mm, That's yeah. how brand identity and we've yeah. got like like Sarah said we've got like a whole paragraph because we only recently did this yeah. like our brand's 11 years old yeah and we only recently sat down with our mentor shout out Harrison he's amazing yeah and we only a few months ago sat yeah. down and we're like like we had an idea of who she was but over years it changes so I yeah. think it's really important as a business to sit down every few years and look back and be like we've grown as people we've grown as consumers I think maybe our brand identity has changed. But yeah. Like, do you know this is one of my favorite things to do? Down. Yeah. What would you say Tully Lou's brand identity is? Because yeah. I always like thinking yes. how other people perceive mm, that's brands. That's exactly yeah. right. And it's a question like I'll ask people when I'm about to do a VIP strategy session is I'll often ask like questions about brands or about products or something to get an idea of how people perceive certain mm-hmm. things um, because that is important as well. And it's like are you – Again, is it is your target audience who, who you think it is mm-hmm. or is it someone else or are you hitting the right people to begin with? So it all comes down to like every little piece of content that you're doing and every way that you turn up online and it's probably is more aligned to who you are as people than yeah. you realise. Yeah, That's so why it's true. like start with yourself yeah. and everything about you from, you know, what you do but also your style, your sense of humour, what you believe, your values, what you're interested mm. in, what kind of content you're looking at, you know, all of that kind of stuff is going to play into how this brand like presents itself and Gem's a really good example of that. They know like their sense of humour. Mm. They know what their audience is going to think is funny. Like it's them. Yeah. So they so just true. do that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's hard as business owners and as a brand because you get so in your head For sure. and you forget about that. And you're not watching that. yourself. No. Yeah. And you forget about that. And it's only taken us, like I said, 10 years to sit down with Harrison and we're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's having a business and a brand is such a journey yeah. and it's every day you constantly are learning and evolving mm-hmm. and I think that's the fun part about yeah. it. Like you're obviously a problem solver but – I think learning and evolving every day is kind of like the most exciting yeah. part. I think the coolest part about being in business is that you have to question your beliefs so frequently. Yep. Mm. We all walk around with like random assumptions and we just believe that they're true. Yeah. Like and often this comes down to things like target audience where you just assume mm. that it is this person. And But when you actually sit down and, and someone says, how do you know that, mm. you go, mm. <laughs> mm, not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have to like question it and you have to actually look for the data. Yeah. And this was like one of the things that I loved about working in tech startups was that idea of lean startup methodology, which is everything has to be validated. Mm-hmm. I don't care what your opinion is. If you can't validate that opinion, then it's not a fact. Backed by data. Oh, yeah, yeah true. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. And this is where like communicating with your audience comes in handy because it's like that's data. Yeah. It's like Use you, it. Right. Like That's you, why we do our reports yeah. every week. Yeah. It's like what worked this? Mm. What did we do that week? Yeah. That data shows And like what are people that? saying and what are yeah. they commenting and like finding those patterns. And that's what we wade through our trolling comments on TikTok to find is like what is the theme that's coming out of this? Like there's always a next thing that people want from this and they'll tell you what it is. Mm. They might be like go to Zara and find yes. your jeans at Zara. Literally. Great, great content for you, done. Yes, like, it's, just yeah, write it's so that down. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Obviously social media is one aspect of marketing yeah. and strategy. What would you say for brands Uh other things that they also have to focus on to convert into a sale. Yeah. So in terms of channels, like obviously it depends on your size and your budget, but Mm. I think 
Um, your socials and your emails are really important. Yep. But emails not in the sense of like I'm just going to send you a catalogue. Like mm-hmm. it has to be, again, what would somebody actually want to read? So we've been doing this a lot with Lady Powers, who is the small Melbourne-based brand that I mentioned. Their whole kind of persona is like we're kind of bold, we're fashion-like oriented, um, we're a bit out there. And so when we do, um, it's for a certain type of person. Like um, when we do emails, it's like we show we showed like them being worn by real people mm-hmm. in the real world. You know, our hoodies worn by you, for example, or BTS of um, our campaign shoot and what the theme was and why we went with this theme mm-hmm. and bringing people inside the brand story so that we kind of reinforce who that person is for. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it was like the their campaign shoot theme was like layers and that was a fashion trend on the runway. So it's like we're trying to send this brand towards that more like edgy runway brand mm-hmm. rather than random, you know, small label consumer yep. sort of thing. Um, so it's like using your emails kind of the same way that you do with your um, socials, like you're doing value-driven or entertainment-driven content and you're putting your products inside it. Yeah, I've got a question because we were talking about this yesterday and I did a TikTok about it and then I did a questionnaire thing on my Instagram. How many emails, and I'm going to say what people said to me, yeah. how many emails for a brand do you think is enough per month or yeah. too much? Yeah, too, too much. much I think is once a week is even too much. Okay, so we're at the currently doing them once a week and yeah. I asked people and they said once a month. Yep. Mm. So I was just, I haven't spoken about it to Sarah, but I was like, that was really interesting because we do every week, we do, Sarah does an email sequence. And I had messages in my DM saying, I think once more than one a month is too much unless you have like a new drop or something. There's like something to talk about giving them value. So they're basically telling you exactly that. Unless you're delivering value that interests me, I don't want you in my Yeah, they were like, I don't like getting... Um, junk in my email yeah. box and I was like okay that's really interesting because <laughs> maybe we okay are, yeah maybe <laughs> what do they want in those emails yeah I didn't say but okay. I mean I can ask that and this is question. the next question yeah. that's the next yeah. question and I this can is ask what that. I, like I'll often do is like someone will come into our dms and be like um you know I feel this way about this certain thing I'm like tell me more like yeah what do you want to see like, yeah why what would you want to see like I'm interested because mm. all my job is is to deliver what you want yeah. and wrap our products inside it. Yeah. I've got another question then. Just say sometimes we'll do a vote about do you want a different colour hoodie or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Sometimes I find with us someone will be like, make one per. I'm not going to do this as an example because there was a million people that asked for pockets in leggings. But oh, yeah. they're like, that is the make three-quarter leggings oh, and no. it's one person. And I say to Sarah and Sarah's like, fuck, we need to make three letter quarters. And I'm like, but it was one person. Yeah. Like so. I don't think ha- we've ever had that conversation. I'm, no, no, I'm saying that as an example. <laughs> no, I'm saying that as an example. Yeah, like, but like, you know when collection. some people are like, oh, no, like this happened with my thing and we're like, yeah. oh, fuck, maybe we need to change yeah. it. And then I'm like, no, no, that was one person that yeah. said yeah. that. Like that can happen a lot in business. Oh God, and yeah. it's really hard because it's a negative comment. Yeah. It's very hard to detach from that. 100%. It's so hard. Yeah. It's so, like it really sends your brain into like overdrive. Yeah, because like, we're like, maybe we need to change it. And then I'm like, no, no, it was one person that had that complaint. Yeah. And this also comes back to that target audience and getting really clear because the first question you want to ask yourself is, a, is this person even part of my target audience? Mm. Yeah, true. Do I, like, like honestly I even care what your opinion yeah. is? Because if you're not my target audience, I'm not making it for you. Mm. And then if they are, if you're like, yep, okay, they are, mm, oh, awkward, um, is more than one person feeling this way? And you can ask. Yeah, true. You yeah. can do the poll. Yeah. Be like, we've had a request for, like, a three-quarter legging. Who would like it? Yeah, whatever. just interested to know, <laughs> is there interest for this? And then you can, off the back of that, give your own opinion mm. and be like, the reason we haven't done it is because they usually make your ankles look fat. Like, yeah. or whatever mm. it is. Yeah. And be like, I want your opinion, though, because maybe I'm just thinking that because I think that about myself. Yeah. And, like, kind of like bringing yourself into Coming the back conversation. To the yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And True. being like, this is where we're thinking, but mm. we're interested to know your actual fee- like yeah. feedback on this topic. So if any businesses are listening, basically your advice would be to understand the TikTok and Instagram platforms and deliver yeah. to those. Know your audience. Yeah. Talk to your audience. Be more personal. What else would have you taken from this conversation? Understand the problem. Understand yeah. the problem. Do yeah. you have any other tips that if someone was listening like that they can just write down some points yes I think the other thing that I like to see is that all your channels are working in unison okay so you do sometimes see that like maybe ads are doing one thing 
totally irrelevant to what you're doing on your emails, totally irrelevant to what you're doing mm. on your socials. Everything should be kind of be thought about as campaigns, even if it's just business as usual, and keep those themes consistent so that you're getting enough touch points. Again, if we're only able to deliver like one key point per mm. like content, we want to catch people on our different channels delivering those different points. So yeah. being in unison, having everything kind of like thought out like a campaign uh-huh. um, around different po- problems or products or whatever it's going to be will really help to complete the cycle and get yeah. a sale. Yeah. 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 I like that. I thought this was the, an amazing chat. I, I, I think it's, there's going to be a part two because I'm like, we didn't even get to use our experience. We, we didn't, didn't do like get to crypto. Yeah, I actually do think like if you've got time again in the next like month, we should do a part yeah. two because it was more kind of, there's so many elements we can talk about. It was more kind of like social media marketing based, yeah. knowing your audience. Yeah. But I do think there's probably definitely a part two. Well, here's the question then. Anyone who's listening, mm. DM in. Mm-hmm. If there's something here that you're like, oh, I wish they touched on that, like, Ask and we can do a part Yeah, two. absolutely. Yeah. And I'll do that call out when this podcast comes out next Wednesday yeah. and then we'll see what everyone wants. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure. Thank you, Nat. See you later. It's us again. We're back. It's Tully and Sarah. And if you don't know, we have an activewear brand called Tully Lou. And we have Australia's favourite leggings, but not only do we have leggings, we've got hoodies, we've got outerwear. We've got everything that you may need for an active lifestyle. So we want to give you guys an offer. If you've never shopped at Tally Lou or if you've shopped at Tally Lou and you just want $15 off your next order, you need to take this offer and it's TL Cherry, all caps, all one word, and pop that in at checkout and you will get $15 off. So head to our website. It's www.tallyloo.com or head to our Instagram, stalk our page, use the code and let's get you all in some TL. And welcome to the family. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.